This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And, well, new day, same result. Yeah, Panthers, where do we go from here? I know. Panthers uh, lose in a big way to the Falcons, 40-20, to 20, and basically that 20 garbage time touchdown at the very end just to get to 20 this was total domination by the Falcons the entire way. And is it a bad thing that we lost, Jerry? <sighs> I mean, it's up in the air. It's nice that they're... I want to draft before them, but it's so hard to watch this team lose, especially with how much talent they have. It's it's really sad. It's never fun to tank, whether it's on purpose or <laughs> in this situation completely by accident because it seems like they actually are trying at least the coaching staff the organization doesn't want to lose those players did not look like they were ready to play today Um, no not at all none of them really Dante Jackson just I don't know what he was doing out there he looked terrible he was running fast he was running fast he also after players (laughs) he, he he ripped the coaching after the game no yeah, he was basically ripping the play calls. saying Is that, that he, why uh, he got burned for 97 yards? That's what he claims, yeah. Oh, okay. Because it looked claimed, like he, he just... He claims that that one was play call uh, related as to why he got totally destroyed on that play. Mm-hmm. By a guy nobody had ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that guy is a little full of himself. <clears throat> and... I know. I mean, yeah. I think he could be a good player, but... It... He's not playing to that level yet. The next coach of this team has some work to do with him. Let's just, oh, yes. we'll just say that. <laughs> I mean, it feels like he's got talent, but he's got no discipline. He's 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 one of the zeros of the game for me, you know, not jumping ahead. But um, Kyle Allen had another kind of disastrous game. Although, you know, certainly one of the interceptions was not his fault. Um, yeah. The fumble was... I, I bet 25 of the 30 quarterbacks in the league would have fumbled with that hit. Yeah, that was all Dennis Daly completely being a turnstile there and letting his guy just run around and destroy Kyle Allen's blindside. Yeah. I mean, that would that looks very painful. Um, yeah. Perry Fuel already came out and said Kyle Allen will, is our starting quarterback. So For the rest of the season. We won't see Greer. So I, I don't know, like... Why are you not seeing a third-round pick what he has? I mean, Kyle Allen's not the answer for the future. I mean, I know Perry Fuel, you're not going to be here, but... Yeah, Perry Fuel also not the answer for the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, because it, it sounded like he was saying that they're going to go with Kyle Allen the rest of the way, is, is yeah. what... And I don't understand that at all. I, don't, I hope uh, Tepper comes down and says, no, let, we drafted a guy in the third round. Let's see what he has. Yeah, because... Let's be honest. At the you know we've got three tough games to finish out the season of 
teams that are either in the playoffs or are vying for a playoff spot, mm-hmm. you know, particularly the Colts, um, n- none of them are going to be easy games. And every one of these teams is probably going to need to win for some reason, whether it's playoff seeding, you know, the, the Saints trying to get a bye, the Seahawks trying to get a bye, the Colts just trying to get into the playoffs. All three teams are better than the Panthers. They're better coached than the Panthers. They have better mm-hmm. players than the Panthers. Um, so it's realistic that the Panthers could go five and eleven, six and ten at best. I, I'm and I'm hoping for five and eleven. I, I at am this point, why not? Top, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate like I said on Sundays. I am sitting there. I was yelling at the screen today. You know, but going five and eleven, getting a top ten pick, and with rumors already circulating that the Panthers are trying to trade Cam Newton already in the offseason. I mean, they may be trying to get a quarterback with that top 10 pick and a top 10 pick, at least you have a better options than 16, 17. Right. That's what I was going to say. So, you know, if Panthers go five and 11, they're probably looking somewhere between the sixth and the ninth pick. Right. Mm -hmm. So you get quarterbacks there. I mean, there are good quarterbacks that are playing in this league right now that were picked, you know, in that area. So, and you and, also may have a draft capital too to trade up if you need to. Like if exactly. you're if you're drafting seventh or eighth, but you want to jump ahead to number four, you're not going to have to give up your five for next two first round picks, unless you're Washington, and then that's what you want to do. Which that comes back to you know if they do end up trading Cam, which that was a report you know Ian Rapoport mm-hmm. of NFL Network tweeted out today that the Panthers are expected to trade Cam Newton in the offseason. I've seen other reports saying that they're expecting to get a lot for him or they won't trade him. So if they get a first-round pick or two seconds or whatever, that's all capital that we could use to package with our pick to move up mm-hmm. to you know the top three maybe. And you're looking at some good quarterbacks up there. I mean, yeah. even Tua, who has some health issues, but is was the consensus number one pick overall, he's probably going to be there in the four, five, six, seven, eight range, right? Oh, most definitely. He's He may even slip to the second round now. No, I mean, he won't slip to the second round. I've I, seen every mock I've seen has him pretty solid in the top 10. But my question is, if you draft him, I, we're still supposed to be talking about the Atlanta game. If you draft yeah. him, though, do you sit him for a year? Because that in that he has a weird hip injury that probably needs a long time to heal. And we know yeah, how I, Carolina medical staff loves to rush players back out. Well, let, we'll just go ahead and say it. The medical staff is probably going to be different, you know, uh, next year. I would, I would imagine. So fingers yeah, crossed. fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but that's another reason why I'd like to see Will Greer. Because if Will Gurr comes out and he plays well these last three games, and obviously he's not going to get a shot to start next game, so it would be two games at max that he starts. That's just not enough time to know, right? Oh, he not could at be, all. He could be the best quarterback in that class, and we would never know because they're not going to give him a chance. We know what Kyle Allen is at this yeah. point. We know he's exactly an, what Kyle Allen is. He's an okay backup, but when push comes shove, too much pressure, he gets nervous, and he makes bad throws. And he makes mistakes, fumbling the ball, being including. Well, we know for certain that he will not or should not be the starting quarterback next year. I mean, I, I think that's 
on, on any team, right? He's not I, earned it. He may start next year, but it'll be a holdover for a rookie quarterback till they feel more comfortable with a rookie let me, quarterback. Let me rephrase then. He's not the fu- <laughs> he's not the future of the franchise. No, he is not. Yeah, he's uh, serviceable. He's he's a, a Ryan, you know, a, a Fitzpatrick type, right? He's gonna come mm-hmm. in, spot starts, look pretty good, but he's not gonna lead your franchise for ten years. So we need to determine whether or not Kyle, uh, Will Greer is that guy. And obviously, right now he must not be looking good in practice. There must be something that's holding them back. Yeah, that would be because my Kyle, only assumption. I mean, Kyle that, Allen has has proven nothing other than he's not the guy. Yeah, I after those first four games, he's really fallen off and throwing, making bad mistakes. And that's what he did not do the first few games where I was really getting it behind him because he was making the smart plays, and now he doesn't seem he seems to be wanting to force the ball instead of throwing it underneath forcing the ball in coverage instead of good pass, just open receivers. Well, and not only that, but he was getting the ball out quick earlier Mm -hmm. in the season. And I don't know if he, uh, you know, I don't know if his time to pass the ball, you know, in terms of protection has lessened over the course of this season with the injuries we've had to the O-line, things like that. I'm sure it probably has, but he's holding the ball. He's, really holding the ball a lot mm-hmm. and he's not moving around in the pocket. Well, he's got super happy feet in the pocket. He did run a little bit today, which was nice to see kind of escaping the pocket a little bit, but he's regressed. He has not done what you want to see from these young quarterbacks is that they improve, you know, over quarters of the season. Well, he's regressed. Yeah. And today, I mean, would... Another two fumbles today. Yeah, he went 28 out of 41, 293 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, uh, was sacked five times for uh, 48 yards below. Um, I don't know if we said this, but Atlanta destroyed the Panthers today, 40 to 20. Yeah, we did did mention that. Okay. Um, Allen also two fumbles, lost one of them. Just, you know, this fumble problem he has is not going away. Mm -mm. Yeah. you know, and we did mention the one lot that he lost uh, was just a, he got blown up. Um, I, mean, I don't know. Let's look at some of the other players here. McCaffrey had 125 total yards, I think. 11 mm-hmm. carries, 53 yards, 11 receptions, 82 yards. Another game where he just doesn't get a ton of carries. Yeah, it, this is what I, I don't understand this about. The Turners. I don't know why you're going away from him so much. They, and when they run him, they only run him up the middle. Why are you not doing more sweeps and stuff with him? I mean, it's obvious that the O-line is not that good. Let's yeah. try to get him out in space where he is good. Um, this game, he had 11 carries. He had 14 carries in Washington. He had a 22 in New Orleans. Hey, look, we were really close uh, to winning Which was that a very game. close game, yeah. And then 14 carries in Atlanta. It... He was the leading rusher a few weeks ago, and now he's probably like third or fourth because they're not feeding him the ball. It, it's crazy. This game was 13 to 10 at halftime. Mm-hmm. This was a close game. He should have had 11 carries midway through the second quarter. Yeah. You know, instead he has 11 carries the entire game. They tried some different things. They, 
you know, they rushed Bonifant early in the game. They had him and McCaffrey out there at the same time. I thought, oh, you know, maybe Scott Turner's going to try some different things. But then they just re- they just reverted back to the same mm-hmm. stuff that they've I been th- doing all season. I thought the same thing when I saw Reggie Bonifant out there at the same time as CMC. I was like, oh, that's going to be a nice little wrinkle because Bonifant has showed pretty good. He had only one rush this game. This was in the first quarter mm-hmm. for six yards. Why not keep them both out there? Both have decent hands, even though Bonifin dropped a couple passes, but keep them out there. Then you could split McCaffrey out wide or Bonifin out wide. And so one of the linebackers is going to follow them or at least tip their hat whether they're in zone. Samuel with a three carries, DJ Moore with one. So it looked like they were doing some different things. Most of that was in the first half, it seems like. So uh, second half, this was just typical Panthers making mistakes, getting sacked, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle Allen holding the ball, not rushing McCaffrey, not getting pressure on the quarterback. When they did get pressure, they left the secondary wide open, and, you know, Matt Ryan is a good enough quarterback to get the ball out. So this was just, t- uh, you know, second same song, second verse, right? It's the exact, yeah. same, exact same outcome that probably would have happened if Ron Rivera would have been here. Yeah, exactly. This, this team... I don't know if it, it's this scheme that this coaching staff put together in the offseason or what. It This team is not good. It has so many issues. I want Greg Dortch fumbled a couple times again. I think only one fumble, but he almost fumbled twice. Yes, sorry. No, the, it was reviewed that, that his one. knee yeah. touched a split second before he fumbled. Right. This team needs to draft a return specialist or sign one in the offseason. None of this. This is just awful. We don't, need to, all... we don't need to put DJ Moore back there. I, he had fumbling issues before. He's also our no, number one receiver. He now has over 1,000 yards for the season, I believe. I think you're right, yeah. I think he was close coming into this game. He had four, uh, four receptions for 84 yards in this game. Um or 81 yards, excuse me, no touchdowns. Yeah, only receiving touchdown in this game was Ian Thomas, who mm-hmm. had, had he was productive, but mm-hmm. when we mentioned earlier that Kyle Allen had a receiver perfect pass, the receiver just popped it right up in the air. That was Ian Thomas. Yeah. He was uh, covered, but it was a great pass. He just popped it right up in the air. And yeah. it was picked off. I like the, what Ian Thomas brings to this offense. I think he's very athletic. He's not going to be the blocking tight end. I think that's why he hasn't seen the field with Greg Olson healthy earlier. Yeah. But when he's out there to receive, he shows the ability, the athleticism that got him drafted. And I think Let's he be can... honest. Greg Olson wasn't lighting up the field. No. You know, Greg Olson had like two very good games this year, and the rest of them were just very average. So I'd be perfectly fine seeing Ian Thomas the rest of the way. Another guy that we need to see if we need to invest in that position mm-hmm. or if we have a guy that can, you know, be serviceable in that position. Yeah, and get improve his blocking technique to be out there more times. But uh, in five receptions, 57 yards and a touchdown, that, that's a pretty that's, solid game. It's fine for a tight end. That's mm-hmm. fine. You know, I'd be happy if that's what he is, you know. That's over the course of a season. That's almost nine hundred yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, or sixteen touchdowns. But you wouldn't expect him to get a touchdown every game. <laughs> but you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, all three phases today were just poor. 
You know, the offense turned the ball over. The defense wasn't getting any turnovers. Did get to Matt Ryan a couple of times. I think uh, actually had five sacks or or, uh, four sacks ourselves. No, I'm sorry. One sack. So Vernon Butler. Yeah, I was going to say, where are you getting this? Sorry. I was looking at Atlanta's stats. Um, (laughs) So Carolina had one sack and that was just on a Matt Ryan basically fell halfway himself Mm -hmm. before Vernon Butler got there. So, yeah, the uh, defense didn't do anything really to stop them or to turn the ball over. And as you said, Dortch fumbled special team. So (laughs) all three phases. Failed. Joey Sly had a nice game. Second game in a row for Joey Sly. You know, Uh, pretty good. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could say it's an all right game when he doesn't miss kicks. Hey, I'm looking for the positives here. He was four for four on his kicks. Here's a positive. If Atlanta wins one more game and we lose out, they will draft after us. Yeah, right now we're 12th in mm-hmm. the in the league in terms of draft position. Uh, actually tied for 10th, I guess. So, But, as I said, we've got three losable games coming up. And oh. I hate to root for us to lose. <laughs> like, I, I, I hate it. But honestly, it's better for the future of the franchise. It's absolutely better the best thing we can do now i'm looking at atlanta because like i said they have a a game lead on us <laughs> or we have yeah. a game lead on them uh they play the 49ers jags and buccaneers i think that jaguars or buccaneers game is winnable if they play like this they've been playing well except for a couple games recently yeah i mean I, I, two of those games are very winnable for them they'll get beat by the 49ers um yeah. By the way, that 49ers Saints game today. Wow. Uh, that, yeah. That's going to be fun to see the playoffs this year, even though the Panthers aren't going to be a part of it. Um, there's some really entertaining teams that are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at the Atlanta stats, I guess, unless uh, anybody else you wanted to highlight on the Panthers. Um, uh, no, not yeah. at all. They, <laughs> they looked really bad. Uh, they did. Uh, yeah. So Matt Ryan, 20 of 34, 313 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He looked like Matt Ryan. He looked mm-hmm. fine. Uh, Dante, Devontae Freeman, 17 carries, 84 yards, and touchdown. His first touchdown of the season, by the oh. way, oh. just happened to come against us. Uh, Brian Hill, uh, the other running back for Atlanta, nine carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. And I think that touchdown he had was a long one. Um, he looked good too. I and mean, they 159 rushing yards for Atlanta. So this team that came in 30th, even despite this is the, this is the only team that we actually shut down the run for the entire season was the first game we played against them. They're just right back to their old tricks in this game, 159 rushing yards. Atlanta, by the way, the 30th ranked rushing team in the league. Uh, Calvin Ridley had, was having a great game before he went out with an injury, five Mm -hmm. receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. We talked about him in our preview as, you know, kind of the guy Mm -hmm. Julio Jones, usually the guy, but Calvin Ridley kills us. Yeah. It's the way he plays. He likes to find those little soft areas in our zone scheme and destroy it. And he's also kind of always going to be connected with DJ Moore coming out at the same draft. And they really Mm -hmm. were one and two. Most people had him either DJ Moore first or Calvin Ridley first. but So I think they're going to always be connect, interconnected and then drafted in the NFC South a couple spots away from each other. Yeah, Calvin Ridley might end up with 1,000 yards 
this season. Uh, he's what about 250 away, uh, 150 away. Sorry, 150 yards away. So he'll probably end up with a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. But DJ Moore overall better statistics this year. So I think DJ Moore is better receiver personally. But Calvin Ridley, he's got skills and he kills us. So, but again, this is you know. James Bradbury plays the number one receiver, who's obviously Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. And Jones had a nice long reception in this game, but otherwise was kind of shut down. He he was five receptions for 66 yards, and one of those was a 38-yard reception. So you take that one away, and, I mean, he was completely shut down. Yeah, I think uh, James Bradbury moved around because I saw him be beat a few times. He may have not gotten a reception or had a reception against him, but... He, I, I remember watching and seeing 24's numbers turn around chasing people quite a bit today. There was one in particular that I know that Julio Jones got open, but Matt Ryan overthrew him where Bradbury was on him. He kind of got turned around. But I think, I mean, Bradbury plays the number one guy. I think he was mainly on Julio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, we can't have multiple Bradburys because anybody that Dante Jackson plays seems to have a good game. So mm-hmm. um, Austin Hooper had an okay game, two receptions, 32 yards. Uh, other than that, I mean, Alamendi Zacharias, the guy, you know, one reception, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, this is his only reception of his career. Mm-hmm. First, first and only reception of his career. Longest pass play of Matt Ryan's career. Had to come against the Panthers, I guess. And Dante Jackson. <laughs> and Dante, yeah, 100% on Dante Jackson. Yeah, even though he claims his scheme, he was still there. He needs to make the tackle at that point if he can't knock away the pass. Just yeah. uh, Eric Reed had another bad coverage game. He's good in the box, but if you put him out there, I don't know, man-to-man or something, he's just getting destroyed. Uh, he's had I read a lot a, of bad games this year. Yeah, he really has. Uh, I read that him and Shaq Thompson got over 100 tackles for the season to join Luke Keekley. So all three of them have over 100 tackles this season, and that's a Panthers first. And that's a bad Panthers first, as <laughs> right. especially when your, your safety, safety yeah. is has that many tackles. You don't want your safety to be in there tackling that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Luke, you mentioned Luke, he had 11 tackles. And Shaq Thompson, he of the new contract... Yeah, Shaq Thompson got a new contract today, was reported. He signed a four-year contract extension for $54.2 million, and they say $28 million guaranteed. Congratulations, Shaq. I mean, that's he's basically a top-five paid linebacker now in the league. Yeah, I, I like the signing until I kind of heard that, and that kind of makes yeah. me nervous. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't say he has played top five linebacker play this year, um, mm-hmm. but the defense has been so bad. I wouldn't. I don't even know if I can say Luke Keekley has looked like a top five linebacker no, this year. Neither, neither have, can I. And my question is, why are we doing this now? Why is this team doing this now? There's going to be a whole new coaching staff that Shaq Thompson might not fit in the new scheme. It's interesting that Tepper would let Marty Herney do this. I, mm-hmm. I, that kind of makes me believe that Herney is going to stick around at least one more year uh, if he's allowed to be making these, you know, essentially what's a long-term decision on yeah. a player. 
So I don't know. I mean, I like Shaq and I'm, I'm glad that they kept him around. I think he is a good player <clears throat> and maybe, you know, with, you know, we keep talking about these contracts. We don't really know what the new CBA is going to look like in terms of the salary cap. True. We're going to assume it's going to go up because it always does. You never have a CBA where the salary cap goes down. So, you know, if they add a 17th game in there, that could affect the salary cap. A lot of things could happen to where this, maybe this doesn't look like an overpay at all, you know, in two years. You're absolutely correct. But like I said, it's very interesting just with the whole flux of the organization right now. Like I said, what happens if a coach comes in, don't, doesn't like him. I mean, at that point, you know, Shaq somehow, which nothing says that he'll get in the new coach's doghouse, but what happens if it, he does, sure. you know, I mean, look at uh, Norman. Josh Norman was in Rivera's doghouse for three, four years before he finally <laughs> broke out. <laughs> and then we got rid of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you're right. It, it is. The timing is strange. Um, unless they want to lock these guys down, you know, before they have a chance to test free agency. Bradbury could be next. Bradbury could also be a franchise tag option. Yeah. Uh, I so, don't know what the franchise tag would be. Probably about fourteen million on him. I don't know if it would be that high. I think it might be twelve to thirteen. I'm not sure, but it, what is it? Ninety? It's ninety five percent of what the top five uh, players at that position make. I think that's what the franchise tag is. Yeah, something like that. Ninety. Yeah. Ninety five. Yeah. So uh, we'd have to do some research on that, but I would say of the people on the team, he's probably the only one that would be a top candidate for the franchise tag, right? If we can't mm. get a deal with him. Yeah. Well, last year, the franchise tag for cornerback was 14.9 million. Oh, wow. So okay. I, I don't remember last year's I top would... free agent cornerback, but I'm assuming it's probably going to go up a little bit. So you're looking at 15 million for him on that franchise. Don't, yeah. don't like that. No, not at all. Not, not for him. 10 feels good for me, for him. 10 to, 10, 10 to 12 a year for four years. You know. Yeah, four I years, think he's definitely Four years, approved. 45 million. He has. I mean, he's a good... He, he has shut down these top... And, and we play in a division with top receivers. You know, yeah. every team in this division has top receivers. You know, except us, really. Um, so he's earning his money, whatever that money's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think he's been criminally underpaid this year, but that's just the rookie contract. Yeah, that's just the world we live in. Um, <clears throat> any other thoughts on this game before we kind of move on to other things? It it's just very depressing how this season played out. I we really I thought this was a playoff team with the chance at a Super Bowl contention. I think the roster was good, but the wheels have fallen off, and I think the team has really given up. I mean, all around, it looks like the whole team, aside from Christian McCaffrey, Luke, most of them look like they've given up out there. Yeah. Um, here's some interesting stats. So since week seven, the Panthers have ranked dead last in the league in turnover differential with minus eight. Today they mm-hmm. were minus four. So they're now minus 12 since week seven. 17 turnovers, five takeaways. That's not good. 
Mm-mm. They're going to remain dead last there. Third down, okay? They are they were 3 for 10 today. Two of those third downs were ended in sacks. The Falcons have 23 sacks on the season. They have 10 sacks against the Panthers. 10 of their 23 sacks for the entire season coming up the Panthers. For the entire season. It's week 14. <laughs> this O-line is garbage. I can't wait for a new coach. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, and we all know about the rushing, right? The mm-hmm. Falcons 30th in the league in rushing and also 30th in the league in takeaways. And they get four against us today. This team is just bad. This team, like I said, has given up on the season. It's just, it breaks my heart as a Panther fan, but it's happened. And I hope Tepper calls down to to Fuel and says, look, start Greer. Let's see what this kid has. Let's Guys are playing for their jobs now. I know Shaq got a contract, but I don't foresee many more players on this roster getting contracts. I mean, I could see some tough decisions happening here in the offseason with uh, a lot of these guys that are not on rookie contracts mm-hmm. that are just playing poorly. I don't think we'll see. I, I didn't hear Gerald McCoy's name at all today. No. And you wonder with him, is that just because there's we've lost so many pieces around him that, you know, he's, oh, let's double Gerald McCoy. Okay, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I Vernon know. Butler... He's been a bust, and he hasn't really proved that he can do anything else when he's getting a chance. He's definitely played better this year than he has in years past, but I still don't see him remaining on this team after no. this season. Not at all. And Kyle he, Love, he, might have, he might have actually earned himself a job somewhere else, though. Kyle Love is the guy who, he's a good backup nose tackle, but not much else. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, he's good for a million or two million dollars as backup, but so if he has to start and play significant roles, he's not good. Right. Um, you did win our beer bet because Will Greer did not play in this game. And I was afraid it was going <laughs> I was afraid it was going to happen like this too, where Kyle Allen has another bad game, but yet the old Rivera mantra of sticking with the guy too long. Yeah. I feel like I won the spirit of this bet because he definitely should have come in. <laughs> like he definitely should have played. The spirit, um, there's no spirit wins here. I know, I know. All right, well, why don't we uh, take a quick break? We'll come back with the uh, the battle for the NFC South, which is over, and no, the rest no of heroes and zeros today. Just all zeros. <laughs> all zeros. Honestly, I don't have any heroes. Do yeah, you? the only one I came up with a little bit with was Ian Thomas, but like you said, he dropped that wide open. It turned directly into a uh, turnover. He killed a drive, and yeah. Um, he's Maybe he moves himself off the zero pile, at least, for his <laughs> performance. <laughs> but everybody else can stay on the zero pile. I didn't think anybody had a good game. Uh, I would give it to Joey Sly if I was going to give it to anybody just to make up for his zeros the last couple of weeks. You know, Enough- just He's had a good game again. So anytime he miss, doesn't miss a kick, I'm giving him the, a hero if we get destroyed like this. Actually, I do want to give a hero. I just thought about this. Okay. I want to give it to Very DJ few. Moore. This is why. He's hmm. the first wide receiver the Panthers have had that crossed over 1,000 yards 
since Kelvin Benjamin. And now he oh, is. Wow. So we can go ahead and move Kelvin Benjamin out of our lives so, for good. So, yeah, Just so like the NFL did a couple year a year ago. We can finally move past the Kelvin Benjamin experience here in Carolina. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> for any of you that didn't already forget about Kelvin Benjamin, now you can forget about it. But that's how long it's been, and that's how bad the receiving core has been. That's wild. Yeah, it actually. is. And that was what twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Five years ago. Wow. Hmm. Okay. All right. Now are you ready to move on to... Yes, sorry. I wanted to give that little fun <laughs> No, I understand that. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Okay. So we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Josh, and I am the host of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast dedicated to all things Albion. I cover our top five stories of the week every week out on Mondays. Uh, come and check us out if you want to learn more about the uh, seagulls on the south coast of Sussex uh, in England and anything Premier League. I would love to have you. We would love to have you. Uh, this is a podcast by a fan for the fans. Um, and the more, the merrier. So come on down to Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. And we are back. So we'll start off this week 14 recap in the NFC South. And... This might have been the most entertaining game of the season. The San Francisco 49ers went down to New Orleans to play the Saints in what could be a preview of the NFC Championship game. The 49ers pull away with a last-second win, 48-46. to This was just a ridiculously entertaining game. You had Jimmy Garoppolo, 26-35, four touchdowns, one interception, had a great game. Drew Brees, 29-40, 349 yards. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. Had an incredible game. We had Emmanuel Sanders, a wide receiver for the uh, for San Francisco, throw a 35-yard touchdown in this game. Uh, didn't have a lot of rushing in this game. Uh, both Latavius Murray and Raheem Mostert rushed for 69 yards apiece. Um, Emmanuel Sanders also led San Francisco in receiving seven receptions, 157 yards and a touchdown. Michael Thomas, 11 receptions, 134 yards and a touchdown. This was just scoring all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was <laughs> 21 points for San Francisco in the second quarter. You know, New Orleans had two quarters where they scored 13 points, another where they scored 14. There was no no quarter in this game where at least seven points wasn't scored by one team. So this was just all over the place. But San Francisco does pull away with the victory here. They move to 11-2. and two. The Saints fall to 10-3. and three. Yeah, and that's a good... I could view this as the NFC Championship game coming yeah. on. And if it turns out to be that good of a game, I'll be glad to watch it. This was, I so much would have rather watched that game than the Panthers game. Yeah. <laughs> I so much would have rather watched it. Now, moving on to the other NFC South game, the Tampa Bay Bucks played the Indianapolis Colts and won 38-35. to Jameis Winston had another Jameis Winston game, 33 out of 45 for 456 yards, four touchdowns, great so far, and three interceptions. That's the Winston part. <laughs> That's the Jameis Winston part, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, he lights it up, and uh, running the ball, they did not do so well. They ended up with 28 carries for 75 yards. Uh, they're running back. They're going to have to go find one this offseason. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Did all right, only threw for 251 yards and two touchdowns, but no interceptions. Uh, and they, too, could not get the ball moving on the ground. 
22 carries for 66 yards. Uh, Chris Godwin had seven receptions, 91 yards. Mike Evans had one huge catch for 61 yards and a touchdown, but he came up lame at the end of it, and I believe he had a pulled hamstring. I didn't get the official report, but watching it, it looks like a hamstring. Yeah. The Indianapolis Colts fall to six and seven, while the Tampa Bay Bucks improve to six and seven. So the current NFC South standings are New Orleans has already won the division at ten and three. Tampa Bay improves to second place at six and seven, and Carolina falls to third at five and eight, while Atlanta climbs up a little bit towards Carolina at four and nine. Come on, Atlanta. Surplus. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> we want last. We want last. Oh man. All right. Moving on to the rest of week 14. We'll start with the Ravens visiting the Buffalo Bills. And this was another good game against maybe the AFC championship game. Who knows? It could be. Um Yeah, the Ravens win this game 24 to 17. And this is another game that kind of came down towards the end. But uh, Lamar Jackson just continued to add to his MVP resume, I think. 16 of 25, 145 yards, but three touchdowns, just one interception. Uh, He also had 11 carries for 40 yards. Devin Singletary led all rushers, 17 carries for 89 yards for the Bills. He has fully supplanted Frank Gore as their lead back there. And Hayden Hurst led all receivers, three receptions, 73 yards and a touchdown. Baltimore improves to 11-2, and and Buffalo falls to 9-4. and And moving on, the paper champion Cleveland Browns get back on track, <laughs> defeating the lowly Cincinnati Bengals 27-19. Andy Dalton's return here uh, threw for 262 yards and an interception. Joe Mixon had a great game. 146 yards and a touchdown, and Jarvis Landry led all receiving with four receptions, 76 yards. The Browns improved to 6-7 and seven to continue to chase that wild card dream while the Bengals continue to be in first place of the draft, 1-12. Yeah, the Bengals got their win out of the way. Yeah. They're like, all right, let's just secure this number one pick. We're not going 0-16. <laughs> right. Uh, Moving on, the Washington Redskins went to the Frozen Tundra to play the Green Bay Packers. And Green Bay, as you would expect, came away with a win here. 20-15, not a dominant victory by any stretch. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did lead all passers, 18 for 28, 195 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones for the Packers led all rushers, 16 carries, 134 yards and one touchdown. That's 8.4 yards per carry. He did have a long of 42, but still, that's a great average. Uh, Aaron Jones also led all receivers, uh, or led Packers receivers at least. Uh, Six receptions, 58 yards, no touchdowns. So the Green Bay Packers improved to 10-3, and the Washington Redskins, last week's Panthers, Victor, 3-10. and The Minnesota Vikings defeated the Detroit Lions 20-7. Kirk Cousins threw for 242 yards and a touchdown. Bo Scarborough for Detroit had 19 carries, 65 yards, and Stephon Diggs led receiving with six receptions, 92 yards. The Vikings improved to 9-4, while the Lions fall to 3-9-1, and and they're just falling apart now. You kind of wonder if they're going to be searching for a new head coach to this season. 
Probably. <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, another team that might be looking for a new head coach this season. The Dolphins visited the New York Jets. And this is another game that came down to the very last second. The Jets barely win this game, 22-21. A team that won't be looking for a new head coach, the Miami Dolphins. They're playing really hard under, who's it, Vic Fangio, I think? No, the Dolphins he have is... Brian Flores. Brian Flores, that's right. The one, the other F coach. <laughs> two F coaches. Um, yeah, Brian Flores, He's he's got these guys playing really hard. Um, but Sam Darnold for the Jets, looking pretty good. 20 of 36, 270 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Bilal Powell led all rushers, 19 carries, 74 yards. And Robbie Anderson for the Jets, seven receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. The Jets moved to five and eight. The Jets were at one time one and seven. Mm -hmm. And they are now five and eight. They are now ahead of the Panthers in terms of record, um, in terms of the draft order, at least. And Miami falls to three and ten. Miami, if they would have won this game, would have only been a game behind the Panthers. Yeah, think and that is crazy to think about. It is really crazy. And like you said, Brian Flores is doing a great coaching job down there. And with that draft capital that they have, watch out two, three years from now, they could be dangerous. Maybe next year. I mean, honestly, they're playing well, and they've got some cap space. They're going to have a lot of picks. I don't know, man. I mean, with the Patriots kind of falling. We'll talk about them a little later, but um, that division seems like it's going to be wide open next year. Yeah. And moving on, the Denver Broncos punched the Houston Texans in the mouth early and kept them at arm's length the whole game. They defeat them 38-24. to This was a really surprise. Broncos jumped out on them early and kept them. It was impressive, actually. Drew Locke through for 309 yards, three touchdowns. They may have found a quarterback back there. Yeah. Uh, finally, after Peyton Manning's you know, retirement, they've been searching. Uh, Carlos Hyde led all runnings, running backs with 14 carries, 73 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, great right, wide receiver, had seven receptions, 120 yards, and one touchdown. The Denver Broncos improved to 5-8, and eight, while the Texans fall to 8-5. and five. What are the Texans? I, I mean, they're like up and down every week. Yeah, it I have really no is. no idea who that team is. They'll lose a couple, then they'll win a couple really good games, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, um, Broncos, another one of those teams that's 5-8 and eight that is sort of improving towards the season goes on, and another team that the Panthers should jump mm -hmm. in draft order. Um, another team the Panthers should jump in draft order, the Los Angeles Chargers, went to Jacksonville and beat the crap out of the Jaguars, 45-10. to Phillip Rivers came in 16 for 22, 314 yards, three touchdowns. Even got a little bit of Tyrod Taylor action in this game for the Chargers. He went three for five, 26 yards, and also threw a touchdown. Um, <laughs> the Minshew, Minshew was fine for Jags, whatever. He was 24 of 37, 162 yards and one touchdown. I feel like you always have to mention Minshew when you talk about the Jags. Uh, for Los Angeles, the leading rusher and receiver in this game was Austin Eckler. Eight carries, 101 yards, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, receiving touchdown, four receptions, 112 yards. So 213 total yards for Austin Eckler. If people thought that Melvin Gordon came back, Austin Eckler would just be kind of put on the shelf, but mm -hmm. he's sort of has maintained his production. He's just doing it different ways. Um, I certainly thought that he would take a hit. Unfortunately, he has not. 
Los Angeles moves to five and eight, and the Jags drop to four and nine. So both of these teams right in the Panthers' wheelhouse when it comes to draft position. We'll have to keep an eye on them. Yeah, and moving on to the best quarterback benching of the year, the Tennessee <laughs> Titans defeated the Oakland Raiders 42-21. to Ryan Tannehill had 391 yards and three touchdowns. Derrick Henry had 103 rushing yards and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, that kid looks good. He looks really good. Five receptions, 153 yards and two touchdowns. The Titans, 8-5. They, they look good. They stand a chance to win that AFC South or a wild card position. Uh, the Raiders, 6-7. and seven, Not You still feel this is a rebuilding team. John Gruden's got them playing hard, but not today. Yeah, they, I think they've overachieved this year. I do too. I don't think and the Raiders shouldn't have anything to feel bad about. Raiders fans should because they're losing their team, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, the Titans were Titans were two and four at one point and have moved. You know they've gone six and one since then, and Tannehill has really been the reason. Honestly, the only loss, by the way, in that stretch was to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So, all right, moving on. The Kansas City Chiefs played against the New England Patriots, and we might be seeing the end of the Patriots dynasty here. Uh, the Chiefs win this one twenty three sixteen. It was a hard fought game. Uh, the Chiefs jumped out to a 20-7 to lead, and the Patriots, to their credit, definitely kind of kept them in check after that. Just couldn't quite put up the points there at the end. Uh, Patrick Mahomes led all passers, 26-40, 283 yards and a touchdown. Not a very high rushing game here. LaShawn McCoy led all rushers, 11 carries, 39 yards. Julian Edelman, 8 receptions, 95 yards and a touchdown. Patriots... Still, you know, in the catbird seat, I guess, for the AFC bye at 10-3. and three. Chiefs are right there at 9-4. and four. Yeah, the Patriots just didn't look like they had it. Like, offensively, defensively. I know it was only 23-16, but it looks like New England kind of took a step back today. I don't know if it was just one game or what. Well, they, what they lost last week as well, right, mm-hmm. um, to the Texans. And then a couple of weeks before that, they lost to the Ravens. So the only teams that they've beat in the last five games are the Eagles and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And they barely beat the Eagles and the Cowboys. So you're right. I think they, the, we might be seeing the end of the Patriots dynasty here. And the last game of the week, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Arizona Cardinals 23-17. to If you like aerial displays... This was not the game for you. (laughs) Ducky Hodges went 16 out of 19, 152 yards and a touchdown. Really good game, but only threw 19 times. Kyler Murray went 20 out of 30 and only for 194 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Rushing the ball, not much better. Kareth White led all rushing with five carries, 41 yards. Uh, Kenyon Drake had 11 carries, 37 yards. Just overall, a defensive game. Uh, Pittsburgh improves to 8-5, and five, while Arizona falls to 3-9-1. and one. And we should mention uh, the Los Angeles Rams are hosting the Seattle Seahawks right now. The Rams are up 14-3, so that's another game with playoff implications for sure mm-hmm. in the NFC. Um, could uh, they lose this game, the Seahawks, then the Saints might 
feel pretty you know okay about their loss today. They wouldn't really have lost anything, but uh, kind of surprised that the Rams have jumped out on that lead to Seahawks. Uh, I thought the Seahawks would put up a pretty good fight in this game. It's still you know early in the second half, uh, second quarter, so you never know. Yeah, but, uh, if the Rams win, we get a fun, feisty Seattle team here next week. <laughs> That's right. The, the Seahawks are there. Are they our opponent next week or the week after? I thought it was next week. Uh, let's just let's make sure. Yeah, you're right. They're here next week. So, uh, yeah. So we will be back on Thursday to discuss that game. Um, you know, this this might be our first Thursday show in a couple of weeks, considering we had Thanksgiving and then the Ron Rivera firing. Yeah. So. <laughs> And we finally back to our normal schedule this week unless something else happens i don't maybe perry fuel will get fired too maybe you're maybe tepper's seen enough <laughs> maybe maybe he'll go to my idea of letting the players coach <laughs> yeah yeah just put put keekly out there player yeah, coach he has a little headset telling everybody what play is <laughs> bring back cam have him on the sideline like varsity blues <laughs> Do you there you go yeah. with the, like boot he's on the crutches we all call it plays yeah. <laughs> i actually kind of like that idea <laughs> i mean let's bring some entertainment here in these last three games honestly come on tepper um, i know you're listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well oh, it's been a long day and a long I long know. season now <laughs> uh we want to thank everybody for listening if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at MeowMakesMailBag. Uh, please like and subscribe and give us a good review. Uh, that's all. Keep your heads up, Panther fans. Only three more games. Yeah, let's just, I mean, we're resigned to our fate now, everybody. So we'll watch these last few games differently than we watched the first, you know, half of this season where we thought things might actually turn out well. Now we're watching for players. We're watching for hope for next year. So... Until Thursday, everyone, keep pounding.